Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Mira, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Toddcast Show. Today, we're joined by Mo Cooper. How you doing, Mo? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me here. All right. Oh, it's so nice to have you. And what uh, city are you calling from today? I'm calling from Houston, Texas, baby. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's great. Wow. What part of Houston do you live in? Um, the hottest part, I think, oh. <laughs> down south. Um, I'm actually about seven minutes from NASA. Nice. So I, That's cool. I drive by NASA all the time. It's so funny because I haven't been there in like 10 years and I drive by and I almost feel guilty. You see all the tourist bus, buses coming in. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's our lifelong dream. Like, yeah, my kid went to Space Center and I'm an idiot. So it's not a big yeah. deal. How weird that you should say that my um, my estranged brother, um, mm -hmm. we don't talk anymore, but yeah. like uh, way back when, when I was a youngster, I came out to visit him when he was living in Houston somewhere and he took me to NASA. I'll never forget. I've still got the pictures. It was one of my fond memories, you know, going there and seeing the rockets. And he was, that, a, you know, he was an aspiring pilot at the time. So nice. he had a special interest. It was kind of cool. But yeah, you should go. You know what I think is nobody's come to see me. I travel away, but nobody's come to see me. You need to have someone come see you so totally. that you can take them to NASA. Yeah, you know, that's really, exactly. You know, and when my kids were little, we go there all the time because they just run around like crazy people and just, mm -hmm. you know, and like tear up the joint and like, well, moms could just sit back and mostly chill. <laughs> so. That's cool. That's cool. And were you born there or where were you born? No, I was born in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. Now, do you wow. know where that is? I have no idea. Do you know where the Titanic sank? Wow. No, right it there, was, there, though. 
It was off the coast of Newfoundland. No <laughs> Newfoundland. way. That's so cool. Did you have anything to do with it? No, not that I know of, but I was born on Pearl Harbor Day, so okay, <laughs> I, cool. I do have a I do have an affinity for disasters. Um, right. I think maybe that's why maybe that's why I was cosmically drawn to Houston. It's like mm -hmm. you know, natural disaster central. You got oh, your tornadoes, yeah. you got your hurricanes, you got your floods, you got your flash floods, you got your gators. It's like everything down here is a mixed bag. Good God, there's gators there too. Oh yeah, just down the road. Just back in my in my old neighborhood, right in the backyard. They're obviously coming up through the uh, through the bayou. They're That's like, awful. oh gator. No, they're amazing. Ah, you leave them alone. They're good. Oh, they're scary. I used to live in Florida. I was a scuba diver, and I used to swim with them in the springs and stuff. So uh, I'm familiar. It's just not my favorite creature to cuddle with. You know? I like them from a distance. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like, uh, and wait, did I remember correctly you're afraid of spiders? I hate spiders, yeah. I used to be afraid of spiders. I don't know how you knew that. <laughs> I, you mentioned it, and I told you I listened to three okay. of your podcasts. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. I'm not used to that. People don't usually quiz me on my podcast, but yes. Yeah. I'm <laughs> terrified of spiders. Don't like them at all. <laughs> I used to be paralytic with spiders, and then I went to a museum where there was a traveling bug show, and this guy, this little five-year-old next to me was holding a spider and I, was, and I think I was like 35 and I was like well if you can do it I can do it and that was it I so I let him put a spider a tarantula in my mm -hmm. hands and then I was like well this is really underwhelming do you got anything faster and then he gave me Ooh. an Australian jumping spider oh, and that was it desensitized myself now I will never be kidding? able to manage that with cockroaches but you know I don't have a paralytic fear, but I do have enough gumption to go find the nearest person who's not afraid of spiders and bribe them into helping me. Yeah. You know, I'll do I, that. Well, yesterday I saved one and put it outside. I mean, well, you know, they're our friends. They eat all the, the nasty bugs. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, good with that. I'll take yeah. it outside. And once I did encounter a tarantula in my home in Arizona where I used mm -hmm. to live, mm -hmm. and uh, it was in our garage, big, hairy, brown, and black thing, and it scared the living hell out of me. And I called my friend, and I'm like, hey, dude, could you please come take care of this spider? And he was like an old biker guy, and he, was, he wasn't afraid of anything. And he got a big Circle K cup and scooped it up and... <laughs> threw it over the fence, like a hundred feet away from the garage. He threw it over the fence. And I kid you not, like two or three days later, unless it was its relative or something, that spider <laughs> was back inside the garage. He probably and left was, something. His I luggage, his lunch. Yeah, yeah, we forgot nope. to pack his luggage. I didn't mean yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, right. Know, I'd be back home. too. Mm -hmm. yes, yeah, I would probably like... come too, exactly, yeah. So yeah, not my favorite thing, but uh, you know, little bug they, spray here and there keeps the spiders maybe, at bay. I don't know. Maybe they're your spirit animal. Maybe it's something you need to embrace. Oh, no. We could do that on a different podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that would be a terrible one. Yeah let, me know when, yeah, let me know when Joe Rogan has a Fear Factor podcast I can be oh, on and we'll talk about spiders. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's old school right there. I think Seriously. you and I are around the same age. Yeah, I'm 51. How old are you? 52. Awesome. That is Not, very close. Very close indeed. Yes. Mm -hmm. What uh, December 1970? Are you 71? Oh, 72? wow, yeah, December 1971. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Oh, I'm the seventh, hence well, Pearl Harbor Day. Yes, I see. Yes, Pearl Harbor Day. I would never have known that because I can never remember dates. No. Uh, I can That's... remember anniversaries with girlfriends, but like for the life of me, I've never been good at like birthdays and 
other things. It's so hard without a calendar. Thank God for the cell phone. Oh yeah, I know. I have all the calendars. It's mm-hmm. it's part of what I it's part of what I do is help people organize their lives, right? But calendars I have on my phone, on my computer, on my yeah. desk, in paper. I fill it out totally. every week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. That's okay. Yeah, old school. So, so let's speaking of old school, let's back way up and the childhood period of Newfoundland. What's your earliest memory there? I think, well, it might have been the time I fell over the stairs not once but twice in my walker. That's I swear that's why they outlawed walkers in Canada. <laughs> you know, the, the little <laughs> mobile discs with wheels that mm-hmm. kids could just apparently hurdle, you know, plummet over stairs with. Someone, I'm the youngest of six kids, Ooh. and apparently someone accidentally, air quotes, left the gate open uh-huh. twice uh-huh. <laughs> in one day. Uh-huh. And I kind of have this memory of my dad's face uh-huh. looking down at me. And I don't know, I feel like it was traumatic enough. I would have been less than two, so like I was tiny. So, but, um, but then when my, my dad died when I was two, actually, just Aww. turned two and left my mom widowed with six kids at the age oh, of 37. Wow. Uh, no, she's amazing. And, um, and then she moved us all to the mainland, which was Nova Scotia. So that's really where I grew up from like almost four on. But I remember going across on the ferry and my brother making a joke about us being boat people because we, were, we came over to the mainland of Canada on a boat. It was a ferry, but it was a boat. Yeah. I remember the the big yellow station wagon was chained to the car deck because they had to like chain it in place, you know, in case rough seas and all that. So, yeah, I think that was my earliest memory of coming over to the mainland. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry you lost your father at such an early age. Tell me about him. He was pretty awesome. My, my mom... My mom, he and my mom had a, a tumultuous relationship, but she's one thing she said, he loved being a dad. He was, he was an only child and his mother was a very successful um, nurse. Um, she was in the Victorian order of nurses, so recognized by the king and then the queen. Um, so she was a kind of a big deal, and but she was a career woman. So she never really settled down until she was in her 30s, which back then was unheard of. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then so she finally had my dad when she was 35, and he was the only one. And then his father passed away seven years later. Um, his dad was 67 or 69, and my dad was seven. And so he grew up with a single mom. And, um, yeah, so he be, she, my, my grandmother was a nurse, so she he's – was a doctor he was a really well-known I actually ran into someone in Florida I was in Florida and I heard some Newfoundland, Newfoundlanders have a really distinct accent um and uh I heard these ladies talking I said are you from Newfoundland they said yeah girl we're from St. John's and I said I said oh my dad used to be a doctor at the Cornwall Clinic and she's and I said well, what was his name and they and I said Dr. Ed Quinlan and they said oh Dr. Quinlan he was just so wonderful I mean this was probably 20 years maybe 30 years after he passed it was like people still talk about him so he was really awesome so he loved being a dad but when I was about nine months old he got diagnosed with cancer and um he said to my mom don't worry it's the good kind because it was Hodgkin's disease but unfortunately he had left it too long and it was already stage four so he lost the battle just um yeah just a month after my second birthday so but my mom but my mom was amazing 
I mean, I have five older siblings. Uh, my oldest sister is 11 years older than I am. So ranging from like 13 down to two. And she was a man, no grass grew under her feet. And uh, she ended up being a successful realtor, you know, so she'd have a flexible schedule so she could be there for us. But my mom was awesome because she always put herself, she put herself, she put her health first, like mental, physical, and spiritual health first, so she could be an awesome mom. Mm -hmm. She she really was. That is cool. And obviously she's still with us, right? Well, she's sort of with us, oh. not, to, not to bum us out. Um, oh, my no. mom's got um, fairly advanced Alzheimer's. So, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's probably harder. I think it is harder than losing someone because yeah. they're here, but they're not here. So you're, you have glimmers in these little mm-hmm. glimpses of the person they once were. Mm-hmm. And um, she, my mom, she was living with my sister up until about six weeks ago, and now she's in a long-term care facility in Canada. But my sister still goes and sees her every morning and every night, and so. Oh. Um, but she just became too much. She's so strong. That woman was hit by a car when she was seventy-three years old. Wow. Like she was walking, and she got hit by a car. This woman was taking a right-hand turn, and my mom stepped off the curb, and they didn't see each other. Knocked her to the ground. The ENT said they couldn't believe she didn't like break a bone because, but I said, well, I said, well, she works out. She was still going to the gym three or four times a week. And what my mom was most upset about was they mixed up the ages of the driver and her. And they said my mom was 78 and the driver was 73. <laughs> that's, oh, that's what bothered her the most. Oh, like, I'm not 78. That's <laughs> so, funny. Yeah. So my mom's like, yeah, she literally bounces back, but she's still physically really strong, but mentally she's deteriorated. So it's yeah. just, it's rough. And then my mother-in-law who I got in the divorce, um, she, uh, she's physically, she's mentally well, and mm-hmm. physically deteriorating. So man, oh, you, know, you just never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Balance. You got to have a balance. And yeah. uh, growing up with so many siblings, what was that experience like? It's like the Brady Bunch in your house. Was it competitive <laughs> or did y'all get along? What was that all about? Well, it's so funny because like I, my sisters had lives, <laughs> so they were they were out going to parties and and doing all that. Whereas my brothers were more homebodies, so I really grew up hanging out with my brothers, mm. and so I grew up listening to really great music. My brother mm-hmm. was very my oldest brother is really musical. Um, they're all really funny, and so like yeah. it was just. Like my brother said, yeah, we carried, we used to carry you around and show you pictures of dad. So, you know, you wouldn't forget what he looked like. You know, we try to keep his memory alive. He goes, but once you got to high school, you got too heavy. So you had to walk. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, they were just, that's why I love stories because mm-hmm. I grew up listening to so many stories about my dad. And I feel like I, I almost feel like I knew him. So they were really great at, you know, that legacy, continuing his legacy. And, and like, even like I said before, my mom, you know, she never would ever um, say anything about his father parenting because he just loved being a dad so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And, and then my mom is the second youngest of 13. So, what? yeah, so totally wow. different family background. We're Irish Catholics. It's just the way it is. I see. If someone, yeah, exactly. if someone has more than four kids, I'm always like Irish or Catholic or Mormon. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, one of those for sure. 98% or, of the time, it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, or Mexico. 
I mean, yeah. honestly, big <laughs> families in yeah. Mexico. That's the Catholics. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, same difference. Yeah, yeah. That's all those Catholics, man. They just they came to. That's cool. To yeah, I always, I understand. I always knew I was in in high school when I found a Catholic girl because I knew she would put out. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was in. Yeah, that was in the 80s when 80s. you could still, still figure out women, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, that's just it. Well, you saw me briefly, mm-hmm. and um, I do carry a lot of masculine energy, and it's funny because, I mean, I work in the fitness industry, so I have a lot of gay friends and, mm-hmm. you know, non-binary or whatever yeah. the case may be, and it's really not an issue. And, I mean, it's not like, I don't care, but I have yeah. my, my best friend. I'm always like, hi, my name is Mo. I'm not a lesbian. And my, my <laughs> friend's like, you don't need to announce that. I was like, no, I do because I get hit on by women all the time. It's kind of hurting my game here. <laughs> you know, like, you I know think that you're lovely, um, but I would prefer a male sort. I, ta- I totally get it. It's because you're funny and little, I think. But um, for some strange, <laughs> I don't know why, but like for some strange reason, some women think that I'm gay, too. And oh, yeah. It, it never fails. And I just am like, are you kidding me? I even had a couple of girlfriends way back when in college once. The first time I ever heard this, I nearly died. I was like, you've got to be kidding. She said, you know, I thought you were gay until we slept together. Oh. <laughs> and and oh, yeah. I'm like, well, uh, at least now you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. no, not gay. Thank you. Just entertaining. Thank you very much. You know, that's True. Well, the funny thing is, I'm not really little because I'm 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 almost five foot eight, and uh-huh. I lift weights, so I have muscle mass, and yeah. I have you know like so, and I have a half shaved head, and so. But I, you know, I not to jump ahead, but it took me a long time to kind of get to where I wanted to be in myself, and so, yeah. um, and I'm super happy now, and so if someone doesn't dig that that's cool you're not yeah. the one for me so too bad for them that's how i feel about it i agree yeah i totally yeah. agree yeah and let's talk about how you got there what was uh life like growing up and uh, did you grow up in the newfoundland area or did you you said after four you moved right yeah we went to nova scotia and it was a great um it was a great upbringing um i love so i grew up in halifax nova scotia which is an immigration port it was like there's a pier, I can't remember, there's this famous pier and like all the immigrants would come in. It was almost like uh, in, you know, in New York, you know, all the immigrants would come in. And so um, that continued, you know, into the 80s. So a lot of my friends, which I didn't realize at the time, um, I didn't realize that at, like all the, like I realized that I had Lebanese friends and Italian friends and Greek friends and and a lot of, like Middle Eastern, um, European, uh, all these different friends, Asian, it never ever occurred to me that they were, I know they were different, but not different from me. Because I right. was as different to them as they were to me. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it was, yeah. It kind of like, it kind of like, it didn't really matter. Like I said, if you didn't get, if you didn't get invited to a party, had no, had nothing to do with what you look like, where you're from. It, meant, it was basically whether you're a jerk or not. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, if you're cool, yeah, you can mm-hmm. hang. Like it was never an issue. So that's what I loved growing up in Halifax. Um, they do have a, a very big um, uh, Afro 
American history, there was a place in Halifax that was called Africville, where the and the the people of color were put there. Like, I mean, there's a whole history and it's not pretty, you know, Um, but they have a monument there now where it was and they've built it up. It's a beautiful um, park now. Uh, But it was like they created like it was almost like, um, you know, Canada has its, you know, its scars, its its blemishes, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember learning in modern world problems (laughs) in, you know, when we're solving all the world's problems back in the 80s. Um, how the South African Bantustan, the um, homelands, was mimicked after the like the North American Canadian reservation system. I'm like, well, there's something to not be proud of. And so it's interesting. But so Halifax is so rich with history. So that's why I, I'm always asking people, where are you from? Like, where, like, where's your, what's, what kind of a name is that? Like, where does that come from? Because yeah. that's how I grew up. Like, totally. curiosity. Leading yeah. into people. I have a friend, she's from, um, she's from, I think it's Ukraine, not Ukraine. It's one of the, I'm going to, I'm really going to age myself, Eastern Bloc countries, mm-hmm. you know, Eastern European countries. And she's very self-conscious about her voice. Now, she's a little older than I am. But oh. growing up, growing up in a communist country, she's still so self-conscious. And so I was saying, like, I love your accent. It's part of who you are. It's a part of what yeah. makes you amazing and unique. And she says, you know, I never think of it this way, but I like the way you put that. I like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. Like, why do we hide from where we're from? I remember learning about the IRA. Remember back in the 80s, like the IRA, the, the, uh, um, the Irish Republican Army, they're a terrorist group. And I remember, like, people saying, talking about um, – like, like um, you know, uh, t- uh, various terrorist groups. And I said, hey, just because I'm an Irish Catholic doesn't mean I want to be associated with the IRA. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so you, you, I, I really felt I grew up in a, you know, for the most part, in an, an area where you, you're, you were judged by the content of your character, too, you know, um, paraphrase. That's a family word. value, isn't it? Like, you learn yeah. that at home, right? You do, but it was felt like everybody had that value. Like, and I, I mean, there were troubles. I mean, there was like, um, like the north end of Halifax was primarily African American, and and there was, I mean, there was, and we didn't have a black a lot of black families in my neighborhood. But that's not because they were. I mean, there was, there was a few um, in my neighborhood, um, but John Moshet and his older sister Jade, and they were. But that was just John. Like that was just like you know what I mean. It wasn't. Oh, the like and I had to think about it. Like, okay, wait. And then there was my friend, my my brother's friend Stan, who I was madly in love with. Oh my god, he's so handsome. <laughs> but so there are families, but it was I don't know. It's like it wasn't there wasn't a, a deficit. And now I think back about now because there were so many different cultures. A lot of white people because it's you know oh. it's it's settled by Irish and Scottish, right? I mean, mm. I myself am eighty eight percent Scottish, Scott Irish. So I was like, you don't get much whiter than I am. But I, that's what I loved about growing up in Halifax because of the diversity. Because we, we, we weren't even, we didn't even know it. We were fancy and we didn't even know it, you know? I got one for you. Hmm. Okay. okay. I got a couple that you're, uh, you're making me think here, um, remembering some things, you know. But, like, uh, here's a funny one to lay on your black friends. I don't, the black <laughs> people, they love this. They, I don't know why, but, like, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. And they okay. think it's, most of them think it's funny. 
but uh, you can say something like, uh, yeah, I might be white as rice, but I got soul like South Korea. They love that. And that speaks it speaks to the truth of my character though. So like it makes sense, you know what I mean? But like yes. it's just a funny way to put like, you know, hey man, we got something in common, you know what I mean? And like it's yeah. kind of a neat thing. And I grew up like you with a lot of different cultures, but it was yeah. in Irv Irvine, California, which is a far cry from where you were living. Uh, but it was Asian kids and black yeah. kids, and there was yeah. uh, both. And I remember having a Mexican friend and, you know, a bunch of white people. But, yeah, it was, like, really rich in culture. And the worst part about it was the fish truck that would come around, like, once a week. And this crazy truck would show up, like, in our cul-de-sac, and it would be, like, a fish truck. And all the Asian people would come out and buy fish from it, you know, and it stank ah, like crap, man. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the ice cream truck. Not the ice mm -hmm. cream truck. Ironically, it came to the same exact spot where the ice cream truck would stop, you know, and so it was a, kind of a funny thing. But, like, that was the only negative that I ever remember from any cultural, you know, and it's not even a negative, really. It's just a funny yeah, right? aside, but... My um, best friend, yeah, my best friend, um, Patty Chater, and again, like, they lived on the street, her and her younger sister, Sandra. I think uh, Sandra was my age, but she was her older sister, Patty, and um, she, was, she was, like, our Eddie Haskell, Patty Chater, mm -hmm. and, uh, like, everything, just blame Patty, and, but uh, they were Lebanese, and so they had the big old lions out in front and the arches and all the stucco and everything. It was like a super, like a lot of people, people came over from Lebanon in the 80s because of the war in yeah. Lebanon. But I always said like their house smelled funny, you know, because it was like they cooked traditional food. Mm. And, like, and they always came, I came home and like, you, you smell that. But oh, now I, I like, I love Middle Eastern food. I'm always like, I love Mediterranean. I love, you know, um, Lebanese, like anything. Any I've heard some that. really good so things good. about Lebanese hash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Hash oil. Yeah, hash is supposed to be amazing from Lebanon. Uh, That's all we had on the East Coast. Uh, yeah, I've never really had a chance to try that. I mean, old school hash is one thing, but um, like the really good stuff that comes from like Africa or like some special place where they, that's all they do. Well, <laughs> so, that's what, that's, that's all we like when I didn't smoke weed until I went to Amsterdam. Mm. I never, we only had really, I mean, I don't even know if anyone had weed. Like West Coast is all weed, huh. you know, and then yeah. and East Coast is all hashish. Really? And uh, yeah, and you'd get, a, you'd get a gram of hashish. It was like a little black um, rectangle. Little and barber or something, yeah. What's that? Yeah, it looked like it looked like clay. Like a marble size, maybe. Well, yeah, it was always a rectangle. I don't know why, but it's like I guess that's how they they measured it out, right? And so, and then you would um, you break off little bits, and you could crumble it, like roll it in a in a. I don't know what are we talking about. We could roll a it joint. in a in a it's joint okay. with like put some tobacco in there and roll it in a joint, or you could do hot knives. Right. And and yeah, and you always knew there was that one guy Monday with the uh -huh. burned lip because they uh -huh. slept too nice. Yeah. 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 But yeah, oh yeah, those were some crazy times. Yeah. yeah My favorite I, was uh, to do it in a, a cup under a cup where all the smoke gets in there and you just suck oh, it out yeah, with yeah. a straw. Yeah, 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 yeah. We used to, once used an apple 
we mm-hmm. converted an app. We didn't have anything to make a pipe, so we, we took an apple <laughs> and cored it out. And then another hole, and then put tinfoil and poked holes in it and used that. And it was actually quite delicious. <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah, you can smoke in a pipe too. So. Right, before, during, and after. That sounds awesome. How old were you when you went to Amsterdam? I, my friend and I, we, um, I did grade 12 twice. I graduated in 89, but I went back to improve my grade so I, grade so I could go to college because um, I just skated by because I was nothing, you know, was that school was just time spent between the weekends. You had and, uh, um, you had lesbian power working for you. I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> not to say anything wrong with that, but don't be crimping my game, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what? I could total I could totally see why it's the same thing people think that I'm gay for. You you're intelligent, you're witty, you're cute and funny. And it's like <laughs> Aww, you, you just ex- expect it, you know, it's like that's a, oh it's a gay person, okay. I know. <laughs> I was like I love when girls say Oh yeah, you know, these guys are always hitting on me. I'm like, no one ever hits on me. <laughs> right, exactly. What the hell? Yeah, exactly. We'll have to figure out a secret so you can unlock that potential. I have yourself. no idea. I look like a damsel in distress. Maybe it's because sometimes I look like I'm going to hurt somebody. <laughs> it might be. I, I smile yeah. a lot. I smile a lot. I have big muscles. But yeah, no. I, yeah, I went. Awesome. So my friend and I, I finished. So I did an extra year, grade twelve, and my friend worked that year. She didn't go to college right away. And then we went to see Dead Poets Society, oh. Carpe Diem. And I was like, let's go to Europe. And so, yes, yeah, so we started planning and I started, I worked and I got, I raised some money. My mom was dead set against it. We bought tickets. We were going for seven and a half weeks and we had it all planned out. We had our Let's Go Europe books. Now, this is oh. 1990. Yeah. Like, there is not, there is, no, cell phone is something you would see in a futuristic movie. I mean, there is, there's, like, oh, we were man. gone for weeks. My mom had no idea where I was. So if you don't believe in the power of prayer, you've never met my mother. Oh, and, I understand. Um, I understand. Yeah, so then we went there, and it was, I can't believe it. I was so uh, shy and insecure. But, man, when I put my mind to something, it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah, we had a great time. Oh, my gosh. What's yeah, the first, first thing that you did when you got there? What was the first thing we did? Oh, we went and got cappuccinos. Because <laughs> espresso wasn't a thing yet. Oh. So we went and we had espresso and cappuccino. We didn't go to – we actually went there. We did some touristy things. Beautiful. Oh, I'd love to go back to Amsterdam. Definitely on my bucket list. And so ev- um, everything's not dosed with weed, right? Like just the cafes yeah. or like that? The coffee shops. Like coffee so cafes shops. are different than coffee shops, which I learned quickly. Um, oh. Well, it's funny because we couldn't figure out the bus system. So we went to Amsterdam. We left there for a while. We went to see my parents' friends in Belgium. Mm-hmm. They lived on, they lived on a military, they were teachers on a military base. And that was the first time I had Kraft macaroni and cheese. Mm. I'd never had that before. I thought uh-huh. it was disgusting. And then I had it there and I was like, oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. Right, I'm still right. a little I'm still in a 12 step program for mac and cheese. It's terrible. I hear you. I hear you. Oh, I fall off the wagon a lot. But anyway, so <laughs> um yeah, they went back to Amsterdam and we we're trying to figure out they have like the tram cars, you know. And but we couldn't figure out where to buy the tickets. So we just got on. And then they had come around every once in a while checking for tickets. So we jumped off. We were on our way to Anne Frank. And we stopped, and we were all kind of like, we didn't know where we were. You know, we got our giant-ass, you know, maps of the city. And so we said, oh, let's just go in this coffee shop. 
and figure it out. And then we go up and there's this figure like, mega out. menu. <laughs> and the guy, oh my gosh, we get, so I buy the papers and the weed and I have no idea what to do with it. I'm like, I don't smoke weed. You know, like, so I have no idea. So the guy kindly rolls me a big fatty and um well let's just say we did not see Anne frank that day. <laughs> no no or figure anything out <laughs> no oh i think we solved, solved all the world's problems but uh we quickly forgot it as soon as the buzz right so. exactly. but yeah that was um that was hilarious because my friend doesn't smoke so that was super funny <laughs> yeah it is fun every now and then there's somebody that comes along like that i've been smoking since i was 11 and it's Cigarettes a, or, or uh, marijuana, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been a really good adjunct to the ADHD medication Ritalin and yeah. uh, made a big difference in terms of my being able to relax and all that, you know. And it's a shame because oh, yeah. my family always chastised me for it and, you know, dope, you're going to be a dope fiend. And I'm like, well, dude, it's like, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, it's like I could be I successful. Know. I see other people doing it. Why can't I? And I someone said the other day, Smoke dope after you're successful because if you smoke dope too much before you're successful, you never be successful. I was like, right. it's actually pretty, it's pretty wise. But um, yeah, no. Well, it's where are you? Are you in Nevada? I am in um, Nevada in Henderson, Nevada, now just south of Las Vegas. Okay, I'm actually supposed to go to Vegas, and in, in uh, my niece is trying to get me to go to Vegas with her. Oh, uh, well, not trying. Well, to get you'll me have to go. come and visit. You'll have a friend and a place to stay if you want. Ah. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah. I'm sure he's totally fine, Mom. <laughs> yeah, now that I know you're not a lesbian, it's good. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. You know, the good thing about lesbians is they do have straight girlfriends every now and then, but they're probably That's already trying They're trying to hit on them all the time, you know. <laughs> well, back in the day, I looked like a girl, and or a more traditional girl, if you will. Um, had long hair. I never imagined having short hair, you know, all the world's wisdom at the ripe old age of 20. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny because um, then I got my I cut my hair really short, and I went there in Austin, Texas. Have you been to Texas? I have. I've spent some time in Texas, in uh, Houston, and uh, my oh, brother yeah. lives in Sugarland, and I've driven across it oh, five yeah, times, yeah, yeah. like five yeah. times. But, yeah. Yeah, that's a long across the state. Across the whole country, oh, seven times actually. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been yeah. coast to coast in Canada. Right on. Um, yes, I've lived on the furthest east point, and I've been to the furthest west point of right uh, Canada. And I lived on Vancouver Island for a while, but that's Beautiful. another story. Um, but yes, yeah, awesome. I'm all. I get around. I've. Tr I love to travel, but I've been actually in Houston for 19 years now. So I. Amazing. I claim Texanhood. Cool. Um, before we go there, because I want to get there now. Um, yeah. Tell me the weirdest part about your trip to Amsterdam. What's what's the strangest part of that experience or uh, the most memorable thing that uh, comes to mind? Or the biggest faux pas, perhaps? Oh, oh, God, how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah, just, just one. I got a Rolodex. Um, so, <laughs> I, uh, so, okay, so we met these guys. at They worked at the Hard Rock Cafe. Mm -hmm. And super cute. Um I, I had a boyfriend back home, so I was a good girl, but my friend wasn't. Anyway, so, good. She's, uh, so but we met these two guys, and they kind of took us under their wing. We ended up meeting this this one guy's sister and babysitting for her. I mean, they were like, fam they became like family in Amsterdam. They were awesome. Right. And uh, so anyway, they took us out, and 
and they, they wanted because they knew i mean they lived there so they knew all the cool spots to go yeah. and so we went to this we went to this restaurant or this bar and we're walking in i'm like this is like frat night or something because the guy mm -hmm. at the the guy taking the money was in lingerie i was like huh that's weird yeah. <laughs> oh first gay bar experience <laughs> Not like the gay bar experience, but definitely my first trans bar experience. And I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't so know there was a difference. My, my, um, my, oh, yeah, I mean, like, I always go to the gay bar all the time because that's where they really played all the good music. Oh, I, thought, I thought that the trans people went to the gay bars, but they have a trans bars too. Well, this was 90, right? So oh, this was, this is underground. This is, this gotcha. is like, you got to know someone to be mm -hmm. there. And it was very fancy. I mean, like, we were not dressed well <laughs> enough to be there. But right. our friends got us in. And so we go. And it was really cool. But it was so funny because my friend, Danny Khal, he, uh, he's um, Indonesian. and um, But his mom was, like, uh, Norwegian. Um, anyway, he had this blend of Asian and super white. Anyway, so um, he was really cool. Like, but he'd say, you see that? You see that lady? And I said, yeah. He goes, I looked at that lady and I think, what a beautiful lady. And then I think, no, 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 no. That is not a woman. <laughs> Do not look in there. Because <laughs> yeah. all the the lady boys, all yeah. like the Thai, it was very popular with the Thai lady yeah. boys. Yeah, I and, they, and I remember my friend and I going to the restaurant was like, okay, we really need to up our game because they're like, way sexier than we are and we're actually chicks you know? yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's it's so like man they were beautiful amazing um yeah. but yeah so that was cool and then then they took us to their favorite restaurant and again like amazing you know you're there for the food mm -hmm. not so much the ambiance. and i was super high and this guy and all of a sudden like they bring this tray of like condiments and stuff and my friend Donnie is across from me and he grabs like some sauce or something off the tray and behind it is a giant cockroach oh, sitting God. there with the feelers going. Now I oh, live in Texas wow. now, but yeah. I was not familiar. I remember just looking at it like having like some sort of existential experience. <laughs> like oh, man. tripping man. Is that is that no. Is oh. I say something? Oh yeah no. And then I like I'm eating the soup, this amazing soup and I'm 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 going through it quite carefully and make sure like no faces jump out Nothing of me. So, yeah. dying in there, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was um but I I was cool, man. I was cool. Yeah. Oh, and then my friend's faux pas was that she threw up all over this beautiful suede jacket that belonged to Donnie that she wore. So <laughs> that was embarrassing. We paid for the breakfast, but yeah. What a bummer, man. What a bummer. So let's jump ahead to who you are now. When when did you first discover your purpose in life? And uh, how did how did you find yourself pursuing it? Well, um, going back to the rock in the Atlantic uh, that mm -hmm. I was born on, I uh, it's interesting because I am a fitness person now. If you you know if you see me online, I'm fit. I'm 52 and super fit. And mm -hmm. I started working out when I was 38. Like I mean. As, as we've talked about up to here, I was a wee bit of a party animal all the yeah. way up to like my first kid. Cause I had, I got pregnant at the wedlock the first time in, um, when I was 22. So shortly after getting back from Europe and, um, 
he was a less desirable human being. I pray for him. Um, he had some issues. And so uh, don't we all, but not, yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, I understand, toxic. Yeah. so yeah. I, it wasn't only just a few years ago. That I realized my mom sent me away, you know, like the old stories, you know, like where's Susie? Oh, she went to live with her sister for nine months. That was me. <laughs> she carted me off to my sister out West. So honest to God, I was like, it was like five years ago. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Mom shipped me off just like in the olden days. And, uh, but yeah, so I moved. So I, so, um, I don't know what got me on that. So you asked me about my, how, how I got to be where I am I, now. Yeah, so yeah. I was partying up until that point. So then I had the baby and then I, you know, a pump of brakes. Okay. I have another human being to take care of now. So right. I, you know, my party days were, you know, 97% over. Mm -hmm. And, um, then I, then I got a certificate in travel and tourism. Don't ever do it. I don't recommend it. And I moved out to Vancouver Island thinking that's rich in tourism, but except not exactly ideal for a single mom. I met winner number two. I uh, did not get a chicken dinner, um, but I did get another uh -huh. baby. So I placed wow. that one for adoption. So I'm a birth mom. Uh -huh. I'm a natural mom, a birth mom. It's an open adoption. Just saw him at Christmas. He lives in Canada. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, he's, he's awesome. He does something in finance and whenever he talks about it, all of our eyes glaze over. So he's doing well and that's all that's what's most important. <laughs> so, good, good. I have no idea what he does, but yeah, he's, he's a great kid. Uh, he's a kid. He's, um, I got, uh, 26 now, 26. Um, so yeah, so that was awesome. So I lived, I lived with my one, my oldest sister for the first one, my other sister for the second one. And then I said, I stopped having kids out of wedlock because I ran out of sisters to live with. But, <laughs> and then that same year I met what would be my husband slash ex-husband. Um, and we started dating. So, um, but then in 99, I got diagnosed with MS. So, oh. Um, so I have multiple sclerosis, but um, there's been no activity, thankfully, touch wood, thank God, all of yeah. them, thank anyone who's listening, in about seven years. Um, I haven't had any lesion growths or anything, so awesome. that's been awesome, but I also live a really clean life. So, But I didn't get diagnosed with MS and then say, I need to clean up my life. No, that didn't happen for a long time. So we moved down to Texas in 2004, mm -hmm. and then... I had a relapse in 2006 and I was like stressed out all the time. I had the two little boys, new country, everything. And, and I did these two massive trips back to Canada that summer and I just exhausted myself and I had a relapse and uh, <laughs> so they put me on medication. And so, and I've been on medication for anxiety, depression, ADHD, um, God, what else? You know, me too. MS. Yeah. Um, but when I went on, I don't like taking medication if I don't have to, mm -hmm. but I am on the MS drug right now. And, um, I don't know if it's working or not because I live a clean life. So that, mm -hmm. that helps too. But anyway, I digress. Um, okay. yeah. So I was really stressed out, but then in 2006, I said, or 2007, I said, uh, we're going to have any more babies. We got to do that now. Cause I'm not getting any younger. So I had the last hurrah. My daughter was born in Jan January 1st, 2008. And, um, and that's, and so that, that's that Christmas at the end of 2008, we got the kids a wee, you know, a wee, like mm -hmm. a video game. Mm -hmm. And 
my ex sent, hands me this gift. He's like, it's only because you said you want to get into shape. <laughs> I'm like, what oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was uh, we personal trainer, EA Games personal trainer. And it was a game that you played, but it was exercise. It was lifting weights and it was bands and it was all these things. So I let it sit there for like three weeks. And I was like, all right, let me see what this is all about. And I started doing it and I kind of liked it. And then I started getting up earlier so I could do it before the kids got up. And then, and that's it, it just rolls. So, and then I joined the YMCA and then I met other parents there and we would go mom's night out and then we'd do a boot camp every Friday afternoon. And then I joined a running club because most of my decision, major decisions in my life, whether willing or not, came from a night of drinking. <laughs> right, right. My first 5K, I was like, that sounds like fun. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> my first Spartan race, same thing. Uh, <laughs> New York Marathon, I'm going to go in on the lottery. I'm never going to get in. Guess what? I got in. Uh. Um so yeah, so but it's um, sometimes bad decisions lead to good uh, results, and yeah. and it's boo boo number one and number two, my first. Time. Right on. Uh, but yeah, so it just started evolving. So then I I eventually got a personal trainer, uh, Theo, and um, one night I was thinking I, was, I kept saying like maybe I want to become a trainer, maybe I should be a trainer. But I was all talk. I was my self esteem, dude. You wouldn't recognize me. You wouldn't know who I was if you met me five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I couldn't do that. No, I can't. I can't do that. I can't. It's like, I don't have to wear shoes and read books and stuff. And so I, uh, so I'm driving home from the grocery store one night and the phone rings and it's my coach. And he says, Hey, Mo, how serious are you about becoming a trainer? And I said, Very serious. And it was like one of those, Oh my God, who's, who said that? Where did that voice come from? And mm-hmm. so that week I did the research and I looked up NASM and I had six months to complete it. And I completed it in five months and 21 days. <laughs> and, um, I was a full-time mom, full-time volunteer. Wow. And so, yeah, so that was the beginning. And then I took six, it took me six months to get my first client because I was so shy. I was so unsure of myself. My first client was a mom who that we were driving together to one of our kids events and she back practically threw herself at me. She's like, if you're higher, if you're taking on clients, I would love to be your client. Would it be nice if it was always like that? Uh, Yeah. People just clients just throwing themselves at you. I'm working on it, but you know, Um, but yeah, so then, then I started, so I did that for a while and then I launched my boot camp. Um, with a, a group da- a, based out of um, based out of Texas called Camp Gladiator, mm-hmm. and I yeah, yeah, and so I just yeah, I started and then I started reading books and uh, like I said, wearing shoes and getting out of yeah. the house and exposing myself to other mo- frames of thought, mm-hmm. and um, I started realizing I'm really unhappy. <laughs> like I've um. always been unhappy, so. I am, um, yeah, so my, my, my ex-husband and I, we have a very good working relationship, thankfully. Um, we both did the therapy. We did all the things that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, but it was in that process that I, um, I, I knew it, it, no matter how, my, like, we were just, we we're just too different. I was too different. Um, and so now, so we had a condo in Florida that I bought, for, we had bought from my parents. So during the pandemic, Kind of worked out really well for us. Um, you know, you hear these stories about like, actually, it was a blessing. And he, he, 
I mean, so many people were suffering. You felt guilty. But my daughter and I, because she was homeschooled, or not homeschooling, but online schooling, we moved to Florida for nine months. It's kind of like we had to get out of the house because we were separating and divorced. So we went to St. Petersburg for nine months, and it was awesome. And it was during that time that I started taking care of myself, like really, not just like eating good food and reading great books and exercising and all that, which I was doing, but I mean, like taking care of myself like you would someone you love. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking out and I wrote a poem about this and I'm such a weenie. I can't, I can't read the poem without crying. Um, And I I remember walking out to the kitchen one morning and every night before I went to bed, even though I was really tired, I would set up my vitamins, the pot for my oatmeal. I'd set up the coffee pot so everything was ready to go in the morning. I remember walking out and seeing, and I have a really bad memory and, you know, the ADHD thing. (laughs) And it was like, I remember walking out thinking like, I did this for me. And I am, I I am worth this. I am Mm -hmm. worth loving i am worth being taken care of even if it's by me yeah. and it was this it was just like like uh, what do they call it like a paradigm shift like it was like this an epiphany this mul- it was it was like i just went from surviving being me to celebrating being me yeah and That's- I understand that. I had the same experience, and I, I remember that feeling, a uh, sense of self-worth and value for the first time and recognizing it. And quite honestly, it's taken years of therapy to reinforce the message and to remember it because mm-hmm. we forget all too easily in the midst of our crisis and trauma and other weird stuff that life brings uh, that we forget that, holy crap, wait a second, you know, there's something there that doesn't belong and it's not helping me, so... Um, no. want to erase that and uh, just to make sure we kind of stay on time we've got about yeah. 12 13 minutes left and I want to make sure that we talk a little bit more about what you do and how you help people and what people might expect if they come to you for assistance and how they can glean from your knowledge and wisdom yes well it really started there with the loving myself mm-hmm. and I just wrote today on my Facebook blog, you, it I mean, it's the old, you know, it's the old oxygen mask thing. You know, you can't, you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself first, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're on the airplane, you know, before, and then put it on the other person. I used to mm-hmm. laugh because on Air Canada, they had that video of the person putting the oxygen mask on them and they, they redid it. But in the original video, the woman puts the oxygen mask on her and the kid is sitting next to her and then she just sits back. <laughs> oh, no. And in the next frame, they demonstrate her putting mm. on herself and the kid. But in that first shot, she's just like, nope, screw you, kid. I'm just <laughs> yeah, exactly. covered. But it's about, so what I do, and it's funny because I do have a couple of male clients. Um, like we, typically women, um, and it's cultural, you know, we're, we're raised to be sugar and spice and everything nice. Um, even still, um, and to put everyone and everything else first and even career women, you know, um, they, they're expected. No, they're, I don't believe they're expected. I believe we put the expectation on ourselves that we should have the burnt piece of toast. We should come last when it comes to our kids. Um, 
And so, and my, like I said before, my mom was really good at putting her health first. So every year we would have a vacation with mom and we'd have, and she'd have vacations herself. She would go away with her girlfriends or her sisters, you know, like she, she would go get her hair done every week. She'd get her nails done. Like my mom made sure that she took care of herself. And so many women think that's selfish. And, but the thing is, if you don't take care of yourself first, you are showing up half full. You are showing up exhausted. You are not being able to give your best and save some for yourself because it's like that full cup. So I love what I do now because and it kind of just evolved. Um, I was asked to be on in a, a, a to do a presentation for a health uh, a health fair um, in February of 2020. Do you remember February of 2020? No. <laughs> Back when the oh, world was not coconuts. Yeah. And, um, and I, so I remember sitting, I had listened to this podcast about four pillars of health. And I was like, well, there's five pillars of health because you talk about, because you, you're, you've got your mindset, you've got your nutrition, you got your stress management, um, your movement, how you move and your sleep. So I took this and built it out to five pillars. And that was my very first thing. And I did this presentation. Well, of course, then the pandemic happened. So first it was canceled. And then they decided to do a virtual. So I did my very first webinar to oh. nobody on an empty screen. It was terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah, there's nobody there. No one to interact with. So it was, like, so it was, it was worse than not being able to see a person. Yeah. Like, Why am I talking to? Yeah. So, but it was it developed from that. And so at the end of 2020, I had a business coach. I was trying to start a business. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and she, so I did a six-week challenge. And I charged for it. Some people paid. And some people just like pay what you can. And But I, it was called the Just Feel Better. Okay. Just Feel Better. And so we went through the five pillars of health and over a six-week period. And it just it helped. It just helped me start because people – loved it they the people who participated loved what i had to offer so so nice. during pandemic i got my certification in nutrition so mm -hmm. i already am a, um, a certified personal trainer and then i got my level one precision nutrition nutrition coaching certificate so i could coach nutrition as, as well so it was this blending so what i do so then i started taking on clients one-on-one -on -one, and that's great mm -hmm. But it's really tedious. And but I was thinking, how? But how can I make this into something that will reach the masses without um, losing the integrity of the individual? And I was thinking, mm -hmm. this is impossible. So that evolved into. So I ended up writing a course. It's a five-week course. Mm -hmm. So we do. It's broken into four modules that cover the five pillars of health. I put stress and sleep together because it shows up in the body very similarly. And um, and then in the middle, there's a break. So taking the people through this course, what I realized was the biggest part of it was every Friday we have what's called a brag session. So every Friday, so every Monday we do the module, whatever it was, your know, mindset, whatever. And mindset, we do time management as well, as I mentioned earlier, how you structure your day, where you put your energy every day is it's, it's paramount in your overall health and wellness. So um, and us ADHD kids, we need those pillars. 
to stick in place for when everything goes sideways. And so, um, so we do the module on Monday and then they'd have assignments, you know, from there. And then we go through the week and on Friday we'd have a brag session or I should say we have a brag session and the brag session are your bright spots. What are you winning at? What went well? What are you proud of? Um, the R is the redos and reframes. What didn't quite work the way you thought you could, like what needs a little reshaping the aha moments and then your goals. What are you focusing on the week coming? And I got that from Todd Durkin. He does W lags, which are wins, losses, aha moments, and goals. Mm -hmm. And it, it always bugs me because it just it doesn't roll off the tongue really well. Right. No, 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 no. So I came up with the brags because in precision nutrition we call them your bright spots. Mm -hmm. And so um, and I think like and when things don't go right, that just means we just need to pivot. We need just to restructure, reframe, redo a little bit, you know. So it's not it's not a one and done. And yeah. so what the key takeaway from that was people coming together and talking about their week, like what was working, seeing people like, Oh, I didn't really do anything this week. I, I had like, you know, half my water and I only got to three out of four hour workouts. I'm like, so, and I was, so I flip it on them and say, so what I'm hearing is you got three workouts in and you increase your water content. That's amazing. So yeah. it's, it's taking that because we tend to put ourselves in this deficit. We mm -hmm. tend to say, I'm not meeting it. So what I say is set the bar really low. <laughs> like yeah. What no coach says ever. You need to set that bar really low because Olympic athletes don't wake up winning gold medals. That's right. They wake up drinking the water. They wake yeah. up doing their meditation. They wake Baby up. Baby steps. Baby steps. Yes. <laughs> And just just to wrap up, we're we're getting close here. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure we get the meat of this. Um, so, if someone was to come to you, what would they be able to get from working with you? From me, I yeah. so the feedback I have received and what I've seen is to let go of the weight mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Because they come to me for physical weight loss, but they quickly understand that it's so much more than that. I say it's yeah. not about what's going on between the belt loops. It's about what's going on between the ear balls. <laughs> it's yeah. like we yeah. got to focus on what's why is this happening? Is this going back to eighth grade when your mom put you on that first diet? You know, is this going back to, you know, what your what your boyfriend in high school said to you? You know, getting to the root cause of it. So if people come away feeling accomplished and they lose weight physically mm -hmm. so like my one client we worked on her stress management we worked on her schedule all these things and so the weight wasn't coming off at first she goes but i'm not getting discouraged because my pants are looser i'm sleeping better i've got more energy i feel more focused mm -hmm. so these are the things you're getting real life benefits and the weight ends up becoming a byproduct of other all that like the physical weight is 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 the byproduct of this new lease on life and the thing is you don't need to reinvent your life you don't need to put in all these crazy systems and diets and all that nonsense we talk about what you love to eat how you love to eat what inspires you to eat what inspires you to move how you love how you show up in the world so it's just like it's this release 
of all this pressure that we believe that we put on ourselves to be a certain way. And let me tell you, Todd, there is no single size or or shape that is Mm -hmm. correct. Mm-mm. It's about getting off the medication. It's about feeling good about yourself, mind, body, and soul, and just being able to move forward for the rest of your life. You save for financial wealth, but what are you saving for your health wealth? Absolutely. What are you, what are you investing for the future there? Because I always say to people who are investing, especially people with money, you're saving your money for a great retirement, but how are you going to spend that retirement if you are too sick to enjoy it? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah people need to think more about that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Perfectly, actually. Um, so just to wrap up, and I want to make sure people know how to reach you. How do they find you on the internet? You can go to mocoopercoaching.com. Uh, that's my website. And you can contact me through there. Awesome. Yeah, that's perfect, actually. I appreciate that. And just, uh, I know that there's so much more that we could talk about, and uh, you're just, like, really easy to talk with. So, like, we could go on for hours. Maybe we'll do another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can talk Uh, about something more specific. This has been great. I loved your energy. It was awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I want to make sure that nothing's missing. Is there anything in your heart or your mind that we didn't cover that might be important for you to mention today that our listeners can enjoy. Like what, what is it that we might've missed that uh, you'd like to include in the conversation just to wrap up? I have this sign on my desk and it says, love thyself so that Mm -hmm. love for others pours freely. Yes. Because when you love yourself, truly love yourself, it doesn't matter what other people say doesn't matter what other people do, unless they're physically harming you. It's because that's their suffering. And when we come to love ourselves, we get to live in a peace that is like no other. And the thing is, it's not coming from out there. It's coming from inside of you. The call is coming from inside the house. And that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, in that one particular case. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, that is good. Yeah, I, I agree. You, I believe you have everything you need you have you are born with specific gifts and talents and once you tap into those and love those gifts and talents that sometimes you think are not you think they're a burden when you tap into them as as a as as gifts that changes everything and loving yourself is the number one thing that you can do to improve your life and everyone around you Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. And I can tell you, I'm living proof of that transformation. And um, I've been through it. Um, I think we all still go through it, even though we're solid and feeling confident and comfortable, we still struggle from time Mm -hmm. to time. And especially those of us with depression, you know, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, man, that's a to burden, let me tell you. Um, we could do a whole other show on that for sure. Oh, I'm, I'm right there love, with you, brother. I, I would love it, exactly, yeah, and I would enjoy yeah. that because I, I really believe mental health is one of those things that, like your physical health, is the most important thing to protect because mm-hmm. it really has a lot to do with everything, your energy and, you know, your health and uh, well-being and mm-hmm. your overall homeostasis, really. And, oh, uh, yeah. It wasn't oh. until I started loving myself truly. And I say that truly because people say, oh, I love myself. I was like, do you? Because 
you're not treating yourself like someone that you, that you love, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when you have to ha- ask the hard questions. And it's hard to see yourself in the mirror that way. But when you do, when you pluck out that courage to really look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, man, um, it m- makes all the difference. So, yeah, the, the the mental health thing, I'm the poster child for therapy. I got no problem talking about that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. And, and honestly, I'm kind of proud of it because I saw yeah. it work. I saw it work, you know. And yeah. I needed help. And I think when you get to a place where you really realize, hey, you know what? I can't do this alone. I really need help. And that's the place where you're ready to embrace some new things and take out the trash. (laughs) We're not exactly that head trash. Yeah, we're not embarrassed to go to a doctor for our physical body. So why are we embarrassed to go to our doctor for our physical mind? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like people say, oh, like therapies for crazy people. I'm like, yeah, you might want to see one. <laughs> right, right. But the funny thing is, you know, it, uh, you know, I think it takes a bolder, more authentic person to realize their limitations and to address yeah. them and to try to grow than someone that hides it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the ego. They tell you all about my closet, not like the figure oh. my actual closet where I go and cry all the time. That's very oh. Oh, like, oh, you'd love my house. I have two closets in my bedroom. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they're both walk-ins, like one on each side of the room. So oh wow, you, you can go in one and cry, and you can go in the other one and giggle yourself like a an insane maniac. You know. Now I go in my closet and I'm smiling because it's all mine. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yes, indeed. That's funny. Um, yeah. You're doing <laughs> great things, Todd. You're spreading the word. You're putting good things out there, and I'm. And it's awesome. If I can do anything to promote you, just let me know. Awesome. I really appreciate that. And I would definitely enjoy speaking with you more. And uh, if you do come here, we could definitely meet for a meal and hang out and all that. And uh, yeah. you know, I'm, a, I'm a public figure, so I'm easy to find. Um, yeah. You know, That's um, awesome. probably I'm won't, ta- won't end up, won't end up. Uh, I know you said something kind of funny and it made me think that you know, there's a lot of weirdos around, but I'm just not one of them. So you <laughs> don't mom, have to worry. Mom. <laughs> I say to my kids, do not talk to strangers unless they have candy or have lost their puppy. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And if they, if it says free candy on the side of the van, always get in. That's always, <laughs> always. Those are the ones you can trust. The ones that oh. say they don't have any candy, those are the ones you got to worry about. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And that's awesome. So much... And I'm a big play on words person, so the Toddcast thing, come on. <laughs> oh, you like that? Isn't that great? Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Although right. I was trying to refrain from saying Todd, I don't know Todd. Right, exactly. Yeah, odd Todd. Yeah, there, there is apparently another Todd cast show out there. I didn't find it when I was looking for my name, but oh, uh, it was because the guy hasn't done anything in like a year or two, and so I don't think that there would ever be an issue. But one day I'm going to reach out to that person and say, "Hey, uh, so I noticed you a little late in the game." Why don't we have an episode together and I'll see if he's willing that, to come on my show and it'd be Toddcast and Toddcast. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Be yeah, awesome. I, I'm really curious actually about him because uh, he's very different than I am and he didn't do very much. But I also am kind of curious what that person's story is. And, you know, for me, this is a calling and I'm going to see it through until the bitter end. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure what that is. I hope it's not death, but I guess that's better than quitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. I mean, that's that's a done for you. <laughs> that's yeah, that's really a, that's cool. That's a done for you quitting. It'd be mm. podcast squared. 
Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I really appreciate those kind words. It means a lot to me. And sometimes I don't realize my own, you know, I think I'm like everybody else, where sometimes we doubt ourselves and we forget sometimes how great we really are and that we have a lot of offering to present to the world. And there's some really beautiful things in that. And man, if somebody doesn't dig it, that's cool. Just don't bother me. You know, it's like, just go away. But, you know, there's 10 other people who are going to love it. So, you know, that's kind of how I look at things as well. You know, it's cool. I mean, different strokes for different folks. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't like everybody I meet and I don't expect everyone to like me, you know, because we're different and that's okay. Yeah, you do you, boo. Exactly. But see, that's the thing. I'm the guy that wants to find out what those differences mean and how we can come together in the middle of them. Yeah. Like That's my goal. I love to try to bring people who are way out left or right or somewhere off, you know, the center and say, well, gee, well, how is it that we relate? And, you know, let's find that place. And, And usually it's really easy to do if the person's willing, but... These days, it seems like there's a lot of folks that just aren't even willing to communicate at all. Because they live in, we're living in a state of fear, and fear mm-hmm. is a compelling emotion. I don't even know if you can call it an emotion. It's a compelling state of being, mm-hmm. and that's re- and that's another thing is letting go of that fear, letting go of those limiting beliefs. Like that's what I work with with my clients because it's it's with when you're coming from a place of fear, it's so difficult to be objective. You know, you, everything is has uh, as a weight attached to it, and so and as I say, it's the difference of coming at things with curiosity. Like, like, like I said before, like leaning in, like, where are you from? What's that name? That sounds really cool. Like, there was this kid with the afro had a flat top afro, but he was really light skinned, and I'm like. I was like, I was like, I was like jokingly, like, where are your people from? And he was like, well, my dad's, my mom's oh, Mexican, my dad's black. And I was like, that's awesome. I said, can wow. I go for dinner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Exactly. But, it, but it's like, uh, it's just like leaning. It's it's that curiosity. It's like being just curious about people. But where are you from? Why do you, why do you believe that? You know, like it's, it doesn't do anything to me like necessarily. But uh, there is this Indian woman who actually she created a sort of friendship with the, the, the guy who leads the KKK. She's a Muslim. Mm-hmm. She grew up, um, I can't remember her name. It's really good though. And how she had a sit down meeting with him and he still decided not to like her, but they, but he was charmed by her because of her curiosity. Yeah. Like he wouldn't admit it because they're dying in the wool, but to see the coming of together of minds of such polarized yeah. um, beliefs, Opposites. like not so much for her, but for him, it was, really great i mean that was powerful so that is awesome checking it out yeah yeah that's totally cool that's a perfect place to wrap up actually and i really appreciate that thank you mo and you are uh vivacious and gregarious and very fun to be around like uh, if you're you're any good luck in the casino we're gonna gamble if you come and visit oh god (laughs) i don't gamble (laughs) i played bingo for a while that was it (laughs) they have bingo in the casinos believe it oh my god no I'll have to bring my troll dolls. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. You can do really well every now and then, but like, yeah, you don't want to get hooked on it. That's for sure. I plan if if I go, it'll be the middle of July, and I have I I want to um, go not talk to anybody, read books, and sit by the pool. That's that's because right you know being the ADHD girl, poster child, I I like to just completely unplug, and so it's always good. Cool. Well, you know, yeah. marijuana is legal here, baby. So, you know, and you can drive through, they'll bring it to your room. Oh, my God. 
I, okay. I got you. I got you. We'll talk. That's after hilarious. The show. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, my 27-year-old niece. That'll be great. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys will have a great time. That's a whole other story. But yeah, it, it is yeah. actually a really fun place to be. And if you stay away from the trouble spots and don't stay at a crappy hotel, like you're good. Yeah. But it's still, um, yeah. No, I think she's she's uh, she's scoping it out. She's like. I, I said to her, I said, I should come and, and uh, hijack your trip. She's like, you should totally do that. I didn't think she'd want me to be there. No, I need, I, I need to get away sometimes. So it's always I good know. for non-work related things. So, yeah. So it's good. Exactly. So I might go. We'll see. <laughs> well, never, you never know. You never know. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah. Actually, this is the only place I've lived in a long time where actually people will want to come and visit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nobody. I know. I can't get them to come to Texas. Right. The same where I was in Arizona. It's like, forget it, man. You live where? In the middle of the state of Arizona? In the mountains? <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. Nobody that's ever crazy. came. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> this, this place is different. So, you know, whatever. It's all good. Yeah. But thank you. All right. You're well, so we should welcome. probably end it here. And I just want to thank you again, Mo, for being on the show today. And uh, it really meant a lot. I just can't thank you enough and for sharing and being so positive. It really means a lot to me. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the invitation. And my face hurts because I've been smiling so much. <laughs> <laughs> totally, exactly. Yeah, I feel like that too. It's nice though. That's the kind of uh, muscle yeah. pain we want is from smiling. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. It's Mo Cooper Coaching, right? Yes, sir. MoCooperCoaching.com for anyone looking to change their lives for the better, especially if you're looking to lose weight and change your stress levels and habits for the better make positive, lasting life changes, man or woman, really, but Mo yeah. specializes in the girls, right? But she's not a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> That's right. So just in case you were wondering, you know. Yeah. And for all you hot guys out there, you should start hitting on Mo a little bit. You know, when you <laughs> yeah. it, it do her some good, you know. Before her hair grows out, even. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we don't want to develop her. a short hair complex or anything. Channeling my inner Viking. I have 2% uh, Danish, though. So. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Well, you are a beautiful soul. You are indeed. Thank and, you, Todd. Uh, my you pleasure. Well. Thank you. And again, thank you for being on the show. And I hope you, hope you have a great rest of the night. Thank you. You too. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast Show is all about community and connection, so follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out ToddCastShow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. 
I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.